Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Talking City podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Simon Bykowski. Hello. And by the return of the special one. It's been the talk of the media all this week. Stu? Oh, we've been off for about six days, mate. You're back and refreshed? <laughs> I'm back, that's for sure. Are you? I think it's 10 or 11 days yeah. you've been off. Not Is that it, I've been counting. It only feels like six. Have you come back humble, ready to go again? That's right, yeah. yeah I'm, 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 I'm ready to recapture my glory years of the, like 2004 to 2008. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ugly journalism, but winning journalism. That's what you need, isn't it? Exactly. Pragmatism is exactly Pragmatism. what you need. What we were just saying before we came, before we started recording the podcast, Si, what's happened over the international break? Absolutely nothing. Good. Yep. Uh, thanks for joining us this week and see you again. <laughs> What? So that's, I'll take a few days off and that's what happens, you see. Tell you what, the uh, the podcast room has had a lick of paint and... New table? It smells like Mackey's to me. So if I'm hungry for anything, it's... Mm. Well, it's, it's got that. the sort of Manchester News branding as well, because it's got that sort of yellow, which mm. we sort of share with McDonald's. Yeah. Sort of off yellow. It'd yeah. get a partnership, wouldn't it? It's uh, it's not quite the Golden Arches, is it? No, not, not with Chatterton, but... I suppose... Still a world-renowned brand. Two golden M's. Two golden M's. We won't be going on a muck strike, though, will we? We are paid more than enough, <laughs> as you'll all know. But uh, Yeah, although not in the top 5%. Not Let's get that clarified. Uh, international break, side. what has... I mean, we've said nothing's happened, but what have you been writing about? What's What's been on the agenda for you? Oof. I've uh, been writing about all sorts. Um, that <laughs> we did a good piece has or hasn't come to light yeah well there's Gabriel Jesus another dreadful penalty for oh yeah 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 I've seen that if you've not seen it check out on social media because it was even worse than the one he did the other week yeah Um, I tell you what I have written about which we don't often speak about but the uh, EDS or the Elite Development Squad as the under 23s are called um, who aren't doing very well and we don't often get a chance to talk about them either way because first team takes priority but um, yeah the bottom of their league after they're nearly at the halfway point of the league and they've won one out of ten um, they're nearly going out of the UA for youth league which is the mini champions league so it's under 23s yeah like what you traditionally call reserve football yeah basically like the team directly below Guardiola and the first team um yeah, not doing very well. The coach sort of says that he's delighted with the performances still. He said, I think they've lost nine games this year and he says they've, they've only deserved to have lost two or three. Um, things have gone against them, etc., cetera, et cetera. Um, Is that down to, I mean, the style of play that City are playing, that level? I know the, the sort of... Um, yeah, so... It's always been sort of... Yeah, so their last game at Atalanta, the keeper tried to pass out from the back and... Uh, ended up passing to an opposition forward and then they got a corner and then got a penalty and then scored. So it, it's like silly mistakes um, and things like that, but also loss of composure. And there's just a lot of things going on and results aren't everything in um, 
in the academy football and they'd much, they'd, you know, they don't really care as long as they get Phil Foden through and Howard Bellis through and all these players coming through to the first team. But at the same time, it's not going to be great if, uh, for instance, they get relegated to the second tier. I guess just the, from an optics point of view. Yeah, I was going to ask you what you think City's sort of stance on it is themselves. I guess, like you said there, and I guess you've know lost you, that it is about getting players first team ready, playing the right style of play, but for a team as prestigious as City, getting relegated would not be a good look at all. It wouldn't, it's, but it is, as side hinted, it's all about player development. It's interesting how... I mean, obviously, Sai goes to a lot more of these these games than I do. Um, but I remember sitting at one two or three years ago when City played Bayern Munich, and they absolutely walloped them in the UEFA Youth League. It was a six-one, I think it was. And I was talking to a German journalist about Bayern's approach, and he said they have a completely, completely different approach to the way, to youth development than perhaps we have over here. In that he said quite early on they'll identify yeah, he's going to make it and he's going to make it. They might have one or two players in the group who they know are going to make it. And they basically seek to develop them. And they don't really concern themselves an awful lot about the other nine. They're just filling in the team. And they know they're not good enough. Um, So they basically send out a team um, knowing that a lot of them are going to sort of drift off and go into, you know, go go to lesser clubs and, and so on. Um, but the one or two that they've picked out, they ensure that they develop and they bring them through. I mean, it seemed seemed an odd way of doing it to me because players develop at different different speeds, and also you'll get a player you didn't expect to come through who will put on a spurt and, and suddenly mature and come good. But that that's the way he looked at it. I mean, City obviously don't look at it that way. They they put out a team and they're they're hoping that the, uh, the, the entire eighteen are going to come through and and make and make it make it good I mean it's not happening at the moment but there are those and, and there are difficulties when you're trying to uh, instill the kind of philosophy that, that City have at the moment but it hasn't really affected them that badly in, in recent years we've seen we've seen the junior teams playing really good football um, and playing Pep Guardiola style football and doing well getting to youth cup finals you know winning winning their leagues and so on so perhaps there is a a deeper problem than that I guess as well though you've got to say the positive is that when players the young players particularly do get these chances in the Carabao Cup etc they do look up to speed and they know what sort of their role is in the team Um, we'll have the uh, Carabao Cup returning at some point before Christmas as well I guess the question while we're on the topic of you for which other players have you been impressed with this season which other youngsters maybe at City fans aren't as aware of would you uh... um, I think the big one this season has been Jaden Braff Stu talks about you know players that you weren't necessarily expecting to come through I mean City were excited enough to sign Braff last year I think and he was sort of waifish quick young um, 16 year old and, and over summer just he just seems to have had a growth spurt and he's uh, he's really bulked up he's come on Um and he looks really, really dangerous on either wing. He's been away with Holland at the Under-17 World Cup and they've kind of missed him. It's been sort of like, you know, give the ball to Jaden and he'll do the rest. And without him, they've not really had that much of an attacking outlook, which is not the best for everyone else. But he's been he's been excellent, I would say. He's one to, uh, to watch. I guess that sort of attacking talent helps when you've got someone like Leroy Sane still being linked with a... Exit from City, and that brings us on to the subject of Sane Stu. We've seen City this week linked with K 
Kingsley Coman maybe as a potential replacement if Sane was to leave him. What's your opinion on the Sane situation? I've, from where I'm sitting, I guess it seems like fans have maybe changed their mind a bit on him. Um, from the summer, he was seen as indispensable, really. But I get a sense now that some fans have maybe had enough of the whole saga and just want a, an end to it all. Yeah, as it's dragged on and people get fed up with it, I mean, and, and I think I think eventually everybody comes to the same viewpoint as Pep Guardiola, which is if he wants to stay, great. You know, he's, he can really become a world-class player in this squad. If he doesn't want to stay, well, see you and we'll get as much money as we can. We, we can fire. I mean, City fans are missing because he's that kind. He's the kind of player that you want to see. You, you know, he's the kind of player you pay pay your admission money for. Um, but I mean, in terms of his situation, I've increasingly come round to the, the viewpoint that he does want away. He does want to leave. I mean, it's, it's no, nothing absolutely certain about that because obviously it could just be a a, um, a negotiating um, stance. You know, you. you, you if, if he's trying to get more money out of City, the obvious thing to do is to set up a move to buy Munich and then uh, see see what City come back with. Um, but I'm not so sure that's the case. I, I, it does increasingly feel like he wants to go. Um, you know, he's, he's never not seen eye to eye with Pep, particularly. Um, Pep has had his reasons for cold shouldering him and sort of treating him differently to, to other players. Um and at times it seems to have worked. You know, you've seen Sane been left out of the team and then he's come back in and he's been absolute dynamite. And you kind of think, well, maybe it'll click with him, but that's the reason. You know, he needs that kick up the backside sometimes to get the best out of him. But it just keeps happening and he, he still doesn't look particularly happy. His body language isn't great. But he's been like that a little bit. And we've seen that with the Germany, with the national team. You know, we've had experienced... Was it Tony Cruz who who said that his body yeah. language sometimes looks wrong with, with Germany. So perhaps that is something with Sane, you know, that, that clashes with Guardiola. Guardiola will not have that, you know, he doesn't want mopey players. He wants players who, all right, they're going to be unhappy if they're not in the team, but they ain't, they're never going to show it. They're not going to be sort of sulking around the place and, and moaning. Uh, and you do get the little bit of a feeling that, that Sane has been doing that um, and if he was to leave, that would be the that would be the root cause of it. So your thoughts on the Sane situation? So I think he is a player who, I guess, when he is injured at the moment, it makes it more difficult because it's hard to sort of remember how impactful he is on the side. And when he is so good, he we know he's been likened to a young Grand Giggs. He was PFA Young Player of the Year. He is a quality player, and there can't be many others out there that who could actually replace him at City. I think it will be fascinating to see how he's used when he. When he comes back, um, he was on the pre-season tour with them. Um, he didn't necessarily do that much, but neither did a lot of people. Um, and then, you know, all the talk was that he was going to be left out of the squad for the Community Shield. He was straight in the first team and then he suffers that injury. Um, but still, you had all the noise around Bayern saying they were still interested, they were still interested and... City went from saying, oh yeah, he's going to, Sane's going to see Dr. Kuga and everything's going to be all right. And suddenly everything went quiet and it turned out Sane went to see the uh, the doctor who works with the Germany team, but also is sort of Bayern's version of Dr. Kuga, um, which was interesting, shall we say. Um, but then the day after that, before Sane goes for his surgery, he's seen at City's game with Tottenham. 
um, which he didn't have to be at. And, you know, in the tunnel after the game, he was hugging Guardiola and they seemed, you know, quite all right. Um, but if Guardiola's decided that Sane's no longer sort of got the heart for it at City, does he bring him back in the team or does he just kind of leave him leave him out in the cold? Does he say, you need to give everything for these next few months? And Sane, if he's decided, if Bayern have said to him, we're going to buy you at the end of the season, has he got any reason for going that extra mile and putting in, you know, 110% or something um, for City if he knows he's he's leaving at the end of the year anyway? So it's going to be very interesting, I think, when he does get fit again, see how he's used and how he looks. Stu, it's been really interesting, I think, maybe over the last year and a half, just how vocal Bayern Munich have been, not just with Sane, but with Pep Guardiola as well. I mean, maybe interesting, not the right word for it. Um, but uh, again, Shameless. Yeah, again, over the international <laughs> break, they've, there's been this talk up, I can't remember who it was, was it a, one of the Bayern players? I think it was their new general manager. And, and Manuel Neuer. Did they both mention Pep returning well, to Bayern? The general manager mentioned it, I think, at a fans forum when he was talking about new managers that they could have. He said, oh, Pep's great, but he's under contract. And then because it was international duties, all the players got asked about it. What do you make of that, Stuart? I mean, particularly, there's always been murmurings in the course of Pep Guardiola getting closer, inevitably, towards the end of his contract. People are always going to say, where does his long-term future lie? Where will he be? Bayern Munich seems to me strange that taken back and that he'd go back, really, after the way he was treated last time. He didn't have the control of the club, which he gets with City. What have you made over that? And what do you make of Pep's future at the moment? He's... I mean, I guess for Pep, from his point of view, it's he's concentrating on the here and now. He doesn't want to indulge in speculation about his future. Um, in terms of the buyer making a lot of noise, I mean, there are rules about tapping up um, and they, they get very close to the, the point. You know, it, it, what's the difference between getting one of your players to, to mention to a player from a rival club that, you know, we'd quite be interested you know, does that count as tapping up and, and then shouting it across the, the radio airwaves or the TV airwaves? Surely it's a, it's the same thing. But as far as I'm concerned, just just let it let it be out there. You know, just just let let people talk to other people, talk about other people's managers and players. I, I don't really understand the uh, why people feel they need to tiptoe around it. Um, I mean, but in the current climate, buy and push it. They push it to the nth degree. Uh, in terms of Pep, I mean, everything we've heard from Pep, you get the feeling he was quite relieved to get away from Bayern in the end. Um, he was relieved to get away from Barcelona. Obviously, he loves the club, but it, it's got its own problems. It's, it's so sort of riven, riven with politics. Um, it, it's, a, it's a wearing place to work. You know, you're not only working on the football side, you've got to be completely aware of everything that's going on within the club. Um, Bayern similar but you know the, the fact that it's it's such an institution in Germany and in Bavaria um, that it's, it's a difficult club to work in um, you know you're coming up against all the legends from, from the past and you know everyone's got their own view about what should be done and how the way the, the club should be run uh, and you're butting heads with that all the time and again you got the feeling that he was weary of all that by the time he left City um, he's come to City um, he's got none of that he's just left left to get on with the football everything else he's taken care of for him he's got the full backing of Chica Bergerestein and Ferran Soriano and, and just about everyone else at the club you know I don't think there's any 
there are any naysayers in, in terms of what Pep does. Um, or if they do, they tend to hit the road pretty quickly. Um, so I, I think in, in strictly in terms of what he enjoys about the game and his coaching, he's got what he wants at City. He's got, he's got free reign. He's got a lot of control. They're bringing in players that he wants. Um, he's allowed to do what he what he wants to do, unencumbered by by any of the politics or any of the other nonsense that, that you get at Barcelona, Barcelona and Bayern. But we never know what's going on in his head. You never know what's going on in his head because uh, he, he he keeps it he keeps it well hidden. You know, we we see him at press conferences and he gets irritable and fed up. Uh, and you kind of think, is it, how long can you keep this going for, Pep? But then he'll get out in the training field and it's all gone for him. You know, it's um, maybe he's just sick of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I totally get that. I'm I'm sick of me a lot of the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> who, know, who knows what goes on with a genius like Pep but I guess another incentive maybe for Pep to stick around is he gets to renew his rivalry with Jose Mourinho so I, uh, that news dropping on Wednesday uh, what do you think from a City point of view that do you think that affects them in any way they've already played Spurs once this season they should have beat them they didn't Pep's record against Mourinho in the Premier League particularly is still very impressive yeah um, I kind of think it helps them that Pochettino's gone from the league. I think Pochettino was one of the better coaches and the better coaches tend to do better against. Pep, I mean, uh, Mourinho on his day can set up a team to beat you and is was one of the best in the world at that. Um, it's sort of on him to show that he still is one of the best in the world to do that. I've read a few things saying that he's told Daniel Levy's thought up a new footballing philosophy in the 11 months he's been out of work or something which good luck to him um, but certainly when they were in Manchester Guardiola had his number repeated repeatedly um, and yeah it was all set to be this sort of Pep versus Jose round two where they go again and it wasn't even a contest it was more sort of City versus Chelsea and then City versus Liverpool, really, um, as Mourinho and United slid out of the equation. Yeah, I mean, what will be interesting from my point of view, I mean, we, you know, with the journalistic head on, when when you hear that Pep and Jose are going to be in the same city in charge of the two clubs, you sort of salivate a little bit, thinking, you know, all that unpleasantness that was going on in Spain, this is going to give us plenty to write about. Um, but it never happened. I, th- I think that was a conscious decision. But I think both clubs were aware of it. And I'm not sure whether they actually talked about it at a club level, but I think both had a desire to avoid that happening. Um, it's all very well doing it in Spain when you're like 400 miles apart. Um, but when you're sort of living within a mile of each other, both in the centre of Manchester um, and everything that goes with it, well... I think they probably both sides were keen to avoid. I think the Spanish journalist called it the disease, the relationship between the two in Spain. It was it was that bad, uh, and they were both very respectful. You know, uh, obviously Pep Pep won hands down in terms of what went on in the pitch, um, but off the pitch, they both the, you know there was no name calling, there was no unpleasantness. It, you know, there was there was even hugs and handshakes after after the games. You kind of wonder now. Now Joe say he's down in London, which is not 400 miles away, but it's not far off. <laughs> um, you kind of wonder 
will that start up again? You know, will next when when Spurs come to play City, will Jose start needling and doing his usual his usual tricks at press conferences, and will Pep rise to that and? And do his usual show of uh, barely contained anger. Um, you kind of think, I hope so. <laughs> That'll be fun. But uh, but I don't know. I mean, maybe it was maybe it was partly the two clubs in Manchester uh, uh, expressing that they didn't want that to continue, or maybe it was just the fact that the two are getting that little bit older and just can't be bothered with it. I mean, I know I know that feeling very well. <laughs> it's a good point about London, though, because. You know, Mourinho, Mourinho lived in the Lowry throughout his time as United manager and there was this sort of sense that he never really sort of formed the bonds with the sort of Manchester reporters that he did back in London. So it was interesting to see him, his first press conference at, as uh, Tottenham manager and he's talking, to, oh, you're going to stand with me in the tunnel every week and, you're, and you know, these familiar faces that he remembered from his first time in yeah, in, I think uh, he'd maybe feel more at home there, yeah. more safe to yeah. to be the real Mourinho rather than play Mr. Nice Guy in Manchester. But uh, this weekend we'll see the return of Frank Lampard to City and we will be talking about the Chelsea game after the break, which means there's a teaser question on its way. <laughs> and we're going to go back to that match in 2014 when Lampard came on and scored against Chelsea at the Etihad in the one-all draw. But what I want to know, and what producer Ash wants to know is... City's starting lineup that oh. day, <laughs> and there is a bonus point if you can name the player Lampard replaced as a substitute. We'll be back after the break. Hello, and welcome back to the Talking City podcast from the Manchester Evening News. Just before the break, we left Science Stu groaning as we asked them to name the Man City lineup when Frank Lampard scored for them against Chelsea back in 2014 at the Etihad, a one-all draw. I said there will be a bonus point if you can name the player that Lampard replaced um, so 11 players we do, we do this it? collectively yeah do it together do it rather than <laughs> <laughs> I think collective one at a time would be a good way to do it can I I'm, I'm going to I'm going to put in a complaint to age concern here I, I mean I can barely remember the 11 that started at Anfield like, <laughs> nearly there's, two there's weeks a, ago is there a few <laughs> yeah there's a, couple, there's a couple from that so if you can remember that you'll be All just right, fine Sai okay. you can have the advantage you can go first <laughs> Joe Hart. Joe Hart in goal. If you want to go around in positions, <laughs> I make mean, my job even easier. Yeah, well. okay. Yeah. I'll go Pablo Zabaleta at right back. Two out of two. Um, Gael Clichy left back. No, no, you've got to go centre back now, surely. All right. You've got to go centre back and you've got to get the right player. Clichy did not play. Uh, Vincent Company. Correct. Three out of three. Uh... I wish I wish they could see Stu's face. This <laughs> is puzzled. Centre back partnered company on the game. I'm trying to think when Otamendi came in. <laughs> it was that season Otamendi came in. Twenty fifteen was it Otamendi? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. I'm getting the kits mixed up. Uh, yeah. It's not Otamendi to not clear Otamendi. it. Up. Can I skip to left back then and go collar off? You can. Alexander Kolarov, yes. Side, you want to have another punt at the centre-back? Centre-back. Is it too early for Dimakalis? Good shout. No, but, but it, it wasn't, wasn't him. him. Right. Um, but you can go to midfield if you want. Fernandinho. Fernandinho did play. David Silva. David Silva did play. Um, Sami Nasri. Did not play. Stu's 
experience shining through. Oh, yeah. Well, he was at the game, so he should remember. <laughs> <laughs> Five left to pick. Five left to pick. Um, Some, Jesus was, Navas. No, you're going too obscure, really. Yeah, oh, he was a Pellegrini favourite. He was. No, but I mean, in terms of Aguero. Yes. Jacko. Yes. Three more. Um, Torre. Yes. Two more who are both still playing. So Fernandinho and Torre will have been the sort of two holders. Yeah, and the two advanced ones were Silver on the left and someone else on the right. Yeah, that wasn't Nazri and wasn't Navas. No. I think maybe it's a compliment to Chelsea that he went so defensive in his uh, setup. Sanya? No. So not that defensive then. Two more, do you want the answers? Yeah, go on. The centre back was Iliquin Mangala. Right. And the right side of the attacking midfielder was James Milner. Okay. Fair. Who did Lampard come on for? Any of you want to hazard a guess? Torre. Milner. Kolarov. Kolarov. That's how desperate City were to <laughs> get level and level they did. But uh, Frank Lampard's return to City this weekend. Um, I've seen the City web- website bill it as he'll get a lovely welcome reception. He should do, shouldn't he? Frank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh, had a better impact than anyone, including New York City, could have expected. What are your memories of Frank Lampard at City, uh, Stu? I know he was extremely popular. The players took to him immediately. You know, there was no Billy Big Time coming in, you know. Um, despite his reputation, he came in and fitted in extremely well. Um, did a great job, very professional. I know, I know a lot of people were saying that he's a, he's a great example in training, you know. Despite the fact he was getting on a bit in years, he was always, he was a he was an extremely good trainer. Uh, set the standard. Uh, I only I only spoke to him once. Um, got a, a brief interview at the end of a game. Just came across as an extremely nice guy. You know, um, there are some players that you take to, and some players that you don't. That's uh, a podcast. I, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, you, you just liked him immediately. He was he was affable and friendly and pleasant. Um, spoke very very well. You know, spoke intelligently, which is is another bonus. Um, and he, he came, he came and was well received and he left and, and left with everybody's blessing. Um, he, he, just, he just left that impression that he was a good guy, he was a great player uh, and he, he was a good addition at the time. You know, he, he had a good impact on the dressing room, he had a good impact on the club um, and, and left well liked. I think the, the problem, the only problem for Sissy was that he did do too well. Because he'd been sort of, there's pictures of him like with the New York skyline behind him as he was heralded as the New York City FC marquee signing. And this was City sort of dipping into MLS and MLS was sort of keen to work out whether New York City were going to be a genuine team of their own, a brand of their own, or just like a City feeder club. 
um, but it's oh no and Lampard had said he'd never play for a Premier League club other than Chelsea and he was off to New York City and then it was just like oh he's, uh, he's training for City to keep his fitness yeah that's fine and then he trained very well and they loaned him and oh he's just he's just on a lot he's just you know playing games until a but taste. yeah he'll be back for the start of the, the MLS season do not worry everything's going to be alright and then he was so good for City that uh, they had to accept that actually he'd never actually signed for New York um, City had signed him on a short term deal and we're going to sign him on another short term deal for the rest of the season um, so although he was well liked at City he had a a lot to make up for when he belatedly got to New York but it's a measure of the man and the player that he's now sort of well respected within MLS as well because he did so much there once he finally got there it should be a fascinating encounter as well. Frank Lampard's side do play attacking football. You'd say City and Chelsea, the two teams who you'd predict to concede a goal every weekend when they play. Um, could be a really thrilling game. I know maybe that's jinxing it and we're going to get a nice nil-nil on Saturday evening. But Stuart, maybe what, what are your opinions ahead of the game? What do you think we, we can expect from Lampard versus Guardiola? Yeah, it's like you say. I mean, the two two great attacking teams, two dodgy defences, you would expect goals. Uh, I know uh, City fans looking at it and seeing seeing Tammy Abraham with some of the form he's been in and Pulisic, you know, has, has looked, started to look really, really special, which we, we thought he might be when he was at Dortmund. Um, they do look a real threat and you place that up against the way City have been have been defensively in, in the last month or two uh, and you kind of think City aren't going to get through this without conceding. And then your mind wanders back to the Wolves game. You know, Wolves Wolves defended well and hit City on the break. You kind of think if Wolves can do it, well, Chelsea can certainly do it. Um, I think it'll be about City trying to control the game, as they always do. Uh, and, and Chelsea looking to, to spring through through Pulisic and, um, and Tammy Abraham and get at them uh, and expose those weaknesses. Um, so it's, it's a fascinating game and it's, it's a really tough game for City coming coming off the loss against Liverpool and coming off off, a, off an international break where they've all been mulling it over for a fortnight um, but it's one of those if City win it well the bang the bang you know everyone everyone forgets all the all the concerns and the anxieties that have sort of built up over the last couple of weeks um, if they lose it crisis time so I, uh, I guess one Potential big city is the fact that Edison is back in training. Obviously, we have the disadvantage that both of you are going to shoot off to Pep Guardiola's press conference very soon. That's where we'll get the early team news we expect. But uh, where we are right now, Friday morning, maybe it's just turned midday, just before you two are about to go. What, what type of team would you play for this game against Chelsea? Who would you be in your back five, perhaps? Edison, Walker, Stones, Fernandinho, Mendy. As easy as that. And he's straight easy back in that. for both of you? Yeah. Wait, yeah. If you're not going to play your fifty million pound left back in the big games, what is the point in him being there? That was that was the question after Liverpool, and it's the question that you know probably ask him today. Ooh, I look forward to hearing that. Strange team selection. Yeah, um, and it, it's one of those that sets you immediately thinking something's gone on. Something must have gone on. Either he's not been pulling it out in training, or he's done something. He's done something silly. Uh, I mean, obviously you don't know that, but. Uh, and we're never going to find out if we ask Pep that today, which somebody will. He's not going to. He's not going to tell you that that was the case. He'll just. He'll just smooth over it as he always does. We shall see what happens. Uh, final question for both of you: What 
as your maybe not score prediction but result prediction what you're expecting from the match both teams to score City to win it to be another superb instalment of a cracking fixture can't wait 6-0 last year wasn't it at home do you think would be a similar amount of goals this time maybe distributed a bit more evenly Uh, 2-1 City Tommy Abraham will open the scoring on 17 minutes (laughs) Uh, City will hit back through Aguero on 53 and then Gabriel Jesus will come on and scrap one in in the 88th minute <laughs> I, I can't stand people who sit on the fence like Simon just, just get it out there you know just say what you think what is sitting on the fence about both teams to <laughs> score and City to win and <laughs> where's the detail we want detail we need a detail I mean the problem is Stu if that comes off we've also got that huge lottery tomorrow isn't it it's the anniversary of the national lottery a huge jackpot oh, yeah. we probably will want the numbers off you as well but we shall wait and see. Both I've, you, I've already got my money on it, so I don't, you don't, need, I, share, I don't do you? need the lottery. My share, yeah. Um, so both of you are predicting wins for City. We will be back next week just to see how accurate you Crisis were. talks. And of course, we'll preview uh, all the upcoming games as well. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on the Talking City podcast today. Please do leave a like and subscribe if you enjoyed it. And we will see you again next time.